I, I, maybe I'm making a stretch there. Maybe I'm making a reach, but I, I think that's part of what makes this special is that they saw it that way, that, that this was something that was going to manifest itself and, and were willing to put their lives on the line for it. And it worked. Why wouldn't it work today? Why wouldn't it work for us to allow our people to have some liberty, give them the skills to be able to have liberty, even from their own emotions and let them pursue happiness uh, right here in our workplaces. Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Happy 4th of July, Mike Marshall. I don't think I need to tell you that. It's 4th of July. I had no idea. <laughs> You're just that American. For, for those uh, who are... Uh, listening and not viewing uh, mike has an incredibly patriotic background and the most patriotic jacket i've ever seen in my entire life uh, there is a backstory to this jacket i i have to assume yes yeah the the jacket uh, when i was uh, i was national president of a large volunteer organization and of course the national president had to wear something uh you know united states flag looking um, so yeah, our uh, our HR team, our, our our PR team came up with uh, the idea for these jackets, and they were wildly popular. Oh, I believe you. Yeah, I, believe you. I, I wear it on the Fourth of July. I wore it to an honor flight reception. Ooh, and people were like, "Where did you get that jacket? Whoa, that's so cool!" So yeah, yeah, I don't think you, you could buy one quite like this anymore. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I got the flag, I got the fireworks, got the jacket, and then and then uh, what are you doing? Uh, well, my shirt's kind of blue. <laughs> well, and, yeah, there's, and, there's and I legally changed my name to Lee Greenwood for the day. Does that count? Okay, I, I think that you win. There's no <laughs> doubt. God bless the USA. I loved your song there, Lee. It was fantastic. You know, we should mention, we're not going to mention any names, but we do know a person who is married to a person who regularly performed with Lee Greenwood. That is true. Did you I, know that? Uh, I had heard know. that. I didn't know yeah. if it was true or not. It I probably doesn't surprise you, though. Like, you you automatically know who I'm talking about. Anyway, this oh, is no. an inside conversation. I'll stop. Um, hey, we're doing a 4th of July episode on uh, what is essentially, we we figured this out, right? That uh, this is our anniversary. Uh, it's our anniversary, uh, and we will have an anniversary episode uh, following this one. Uh, but given that, uh, yeah, our release date's always on Tuesday, 4th of July falls on a Tuesday, uh, we just wanted to uh, commemorate the, the, the activity. And one of the things uh, that I've been doing for at least the last 20 years is somewhere I either sent out, you know, in the old days I'd send it out in person. And then when social media came along, I often posted uh, this letter that was written by John Adams. Mm -hmm. uh, and the letters dated July 3rd, 1776. Uh, right. So those history buffs in the room are going, oh, yeah, that's the day before the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the history buffs. And when, when, uh, when you, and when the first time I read the letter, it, it was confusing because he's writing this letter in the evening of July 3rd, 1776. And he's writing a letter to Mrs. Adams. Right. First of all, hats off to John writing a letter to the wife. That's right. You know, after spending a whole day, you know, declaring our independence from, you know, the British. Yep. 
so so even after all that he was like yeah gotta write a little note to the wife right and, uh, so he penned a little letter uh talking about the day and and, and july 2nd is the day they vote to uh to declare independence july 4th is when they ratify the declaration of independence right so this is right in the middle after he's made that vote yeah yeah they voted they're in the process of signing so apparently the signing took two days hmm. so some guys signed on the third and then the rest signed on the fourth got it uh which i didn't know i always assumed that uh, yeah july 4th we you know we had a meeting we signed up we sent a note to the king and said neener neener <laughs> Yeah, they, they've been working on this document for a while. Right? Yeah, yeah, this has been an ongoing process. Uh, so uh, John Adams uh, writes to Mrs. Adams, and, and the letter's fairly short, but but if we could write like this today, it would be absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, so if I may. Uh, Please. The, the words of John Adams uh, to Mrs. Adams. You will think me transported with enthusiasm, but I am not. I am well aware of the toil and blood and treasure that it will cost us to maintain this declaration and support and defend these states. Yet through the gloom, I can see the rays of ravishing light and glory. I can see that the end is more than worth all the means and the posterity will triumph in, the, in that day's transaction, even although we should rue it, which I trust in God, we shall not. The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this day forward, forevermore. John Adams, July 3rd, 1776. Hear, hear. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this, the, 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 I, if the, if John was to come back and look at some of our text messages, <laughs> he, he would be wildly disappointed. Uh, oh that's so bad yeah, yeah. when you yeah. believe that yeah not a, not a, this is not something he was writing you know he i'm sure he never knew that this letter would be saved and at some point you know shared again right right but to 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 write with that kind of depth and power and command of the english language and, and thought uh, you know just just to me it just gives me goosebumps yeah 100 percent. i i believe he's the one that um he and jefferson were sort of political adversaries in many ways but they were two of the five uh on the committee that you know sort of were tasked with creating a declaration and my understanding is that to the to the end of their days they had a correspondence going back and forth where they were doing things like translating bits of ancient greek and latin uh from famous uh you know uh, uh, uh users of rhetoric you know, uh, Cicero and people like that. So, so this is, you know, th these are men of letters in every sense of the term. And it absolutely just oozes out of him in, you know, this, like you say, you know, sitting down at the end of a very long day, writing a little note to the wife, you know, that, that it just comes out as, as something that uh, is, is better than any political speech we've had in the last 20 years, I'm sure. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, and there's such, 
such prescient here. I mean, he 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 anticipates the the bonfires, the illuminations, the right. celebrations, the guns, the bells. You know, he almost lays out the agenda uh, for what this uh, the celebration. Really, the the only thing uh, that he gets wrong is the name. So he's like, we we should call it the Great Anniversary Festival. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, ah, no, no, ah, no, 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 yeah, not feeling it, not feeling it, John. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what else you got? Fourth uh, of July? Yeah, let's just keep it simple. Let's go. Well, and, and ironically enough, the other term for it is Independence Day, which yeah. is because, and you know, I guess Thomas Jefferson gets most of the credit, but I I think we should probably read a little bit of the beginning of the declaration where, you know, we sort of lay out the, the, the stakes here. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll read just the first paragraph and, and then a, a little bit into the second, but um, yeah. So here's the, yeah, here's the actual document that John this is, is so fired up about. <laughs> yeah. This is what they ratify on the 4th of July, the next day. Um, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So here's the first of those causes. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. It goes on from there, and we will definitely link to it, and you should read it this year as our nation is in political turmoil in so many ways um it is a very clarifying set of words to think about what well, it's it's our why right it's i mean to mm -hmm. to 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 look at what uh what they accomplished it's really laying out this is why we are doing what we're doing and we we think that we have a god-given uh right and even maybe responsibility to do that i mean these these guys are really prescient is a good word i mean they they really saw what was what was going to happen as a result of what needed to happen oh yeah yeah they 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 you could see they they saw the the end game and yeah. and you, you see that in in john adams letter right. where he says this this anniversary festival should be celebrated from one end of this continent to the other <laughs> right like it was just, there was 13 colonies clinging to the sliver of the edge of yep. the continent of, of North America. Yep. And he's already pictured, all right, it's, this thing's going to go, you know, from one ocean to the other. It's, it's going right. to be magnificent. You know, so the, even that thought process was, was, was absolutely amazing. Well, it's, it's uh, very strange that you picked this letter as something we should tackle. And, uh, Yesterday, before we uh, <clears throat> decided to record, I received a package in the mail. A whole bunch of penguin paperbacks that are about the founding fathers. Uh, this this came from a friend, and I, I, I don't want to tell his story because it's his story to tell, but he uh, he served our country in Iraq. He did some pretty dangerous things, 
he came back to the States and said, what the heck is going on in America? Why are we so polarized? What did I just risk my life for? And he came to some conclusions by reading a lot of the founding fathers and some of the documents that inspired them. And uh, to, to put it very bluntly, he's a, he's a good Catholic boy. And he said, um, he said, I, I risked my life partly for a Calvinist ideal. He said, and I'm a okay with that, by the way. Uh, but what he means by that is this little idea of that there's a destiny here. There's a destiny that's going to take us from sea to shining sea. You know, we talked about manifest destiny. That's something you would have learned in history class. But I don't, I don't even necessarily mean it as like a political force. I, I mean it more as that the founding fathers really believed that there was a sovereign providence. There was a God who provided and was in charge and nobody told him what to do, but he had a plan. He had a plan and that we are fitting into that plan. That's why the the beginning of the Declaration of Independence talks about, you know, in the course of human events. And and he saw that and said, that's where we're headed. This is this is what God has orchestrated and put in place. And it's time for us to grab the baton and run our race. Oh, and yeah. Well, I, knowing I, I that love, it would cost. I love how they phrase it. We're, we're going to dissolve the political bonds. Right. Like, right. Like how, yeah, if we wrote it today, it would say, listen, <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the reason I'm not worthy of us continuing this relationship. <laughs> and then we'd break off. <laughs> you know, and the King George would would go, Yeah, it's obviously them. And, <laughs> right. and, and let them go. But yeah, the uh, the the manner in which they declare it that they that they say this is this is bigger than than even human right this That's is right. bigger than uh individuals this is bigger than the group this is something that that, that was preordained to happen yeah uh, but and even within that though they don't shy away from the fact that they know it's going to cost right uh a lot right he says it's going to cost toil blood and treasure and so there, yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, it's it's it, it may be predestined, but there's a lot of work to be involved in order to make it come to fruition. Well, and that's how the Declaration of Independence ends, right? Um, uh, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and perhaps most importantly, our sacred honor. You know, like. <laughs> Their name meant something to them to the point that they were willing to risk their name, uh, you know, yeah, our lives, yeah, all of our treasure, you know, all of our fortune. But yeah, we're even putting our names on the line here. This is our reputation that this is what we are. We're This is literally a hill we will die on. And many of them did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you read that, uh, that, that bio, you know, that, that uh, summation of what happened to all of them, uh, right? All the signers and yeah, and, yeah the, how, how you know, you know, tragic and, and, and tough their lives were uh, from this point forward. So, so yeah, they did exactly what they, what they said, what they, what they knew was going to happen came, came to life. Yeah. Um, well, we, and, we should add um, the, uh, I got to look, the, the, this is fairly new info to me um, and I'm ashamed to admit that, but the committee of five are the, uh, the, the members of the second continental Congress who were sort of uh, tasked with drafting uh, the declaration. And, and I think really it was Jefferson who was the, the main guy, but, um, but one of the five, you know, it's, it's John Adams, it's Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Roger Sherman, and 
Robert Livingston. Robert Livingston was a representative of New York. Um, he ended up serving as Secretary of Foreign Affairs um, and uh, gave uh, George Washington the presidential oath of office. And um, oh, by the way, he negotiated the Louisiana Purchase. So, so here's Adam writing a letter to his wife saying, yeah, yeah, see the shining sea, it's going to happen. And within that same generation, they they already said, yeah, we we should totally buy this land. We're we're going to expand into the rest of the West, and and make this a uh, a land of the free. the 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 idea of liberty. Th this is, I guess, a soapbox for me. But you know that I have a love for the liberal arts, mm -hmm. and arts is just a way of describing a, a bundle of skills. And liberal does not mean left wing. So you know. Calm down if, if you're feeling uptight about that. Liberal means liberated. And the idea is that if you're a free man, here are the skills you are going to need to uh, not be a slave to anybody, to any regime, to any fancy uh, political message from uh, folks that uh, don't mean uh, good. Um, and and freedom from your own emotions right that these these were people who were in control of themselves and and i think a lot of it you really do have to attribute to the fact that they were men of letters that these were people who had studied uh the great documents of our past and said here's what we can take here are the treasures that we can pull forward and they wove all of that into what became you know the the constitution and how we set up our our federal and state uh, governmental system that's just so unique you know, so so unique that you get all the way to the 1830s and, uh, you know, the French send Alexis de Tocqueville to study us because it's so, so weird. And, you know, he writes this book that's that's still a textbook for democracy today called uh, Democracy in America. Um, it keeps going, right? I mean, uh, the Berlin Wall fell. I mean, we could we could go on and on talking about how freedom wins, liberty wins. And and I, I think there's a lesson there for the workplace. I, I think we have to let our people um, be be free to uh, to pursue happiness. And and there's there's a role that we have in that sometimes using coaching to help them really embrace that. That's I, I, maybe I'm making a stretch there. Maybe I'm making a reach. But I, I think that's part of what makes this special is that they saw it that way. That, that this was something that was going to manifest itself and and were willing to put their lives on the line for it. And it worked. Why wouldn't it work today? Why wouldn't it work for us to allow our people to have some liberty, give them the skills to be able to have liberty, even from their own emotions, and let them pursue happiness uh, right here in our workplaces? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll stop. No, no, that's, I think that's a, an excellent point. I think that's, a, that's a, an amazing, and, and when you think about uh, right, who was in this country? Uh, the the richest, the best, and the the brightest, so to speak. They didn't leave their their countries. That's right. It, it was the people who felt uh, that they were outcasts, that they were they were limited in scope, that they weren't being treated fairly, that yep. they were ostracized. The 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 huddled masses, yep. uh, as that statue says, and so. But if you take those people, maybe they weren't, uh, they didn't come with the most resources, they didn't come with the, the highest pedigrees. But if you take those people, you put them together and you give them autonomy and freedom, mm -hmm. they build something absolutely spectacular that the world had never seen you know, to this degree.
yeah so there is something to be said for 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 yeah a a, a government that 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 you know when you think about the bill of rights it was it was all the limitations on government it's like here here's yeah. things government can't do which in turn said everything else go figure it out uh, go forth uh, pursue happiness pr pr pursue prosperity uh, you know uh, you know do the most that you can with what you have and yeah people embrace that yeah tocqueville even says that uh, the the people had to govern themselves because they were so separated from the british uh, you know government you know through the atlantic ocean so they figured out local government and how to you know we're going to live in community and govern ourselves and so it was sort of easy to lay a, a weaker federal system over top of that and say, you know, you guys, Tocqueville makes the point that, you know, if, if there was a, 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 I think it was a, a church building or something, he said, if a, if a town's church steeple, you know, was starting to fall in, the townspeople would stand around and say, you know, somebody's going to have to address that. The, the authorities better get here and address that. Whereas in New England, they'd form a committee and go do it themselves. And, and, uh, man, that level of autonomy, right? Like, um, that that's autonomy and liberty, but, but it's not, it's not, I'm free to do whatever I want. It's I'm free to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. That's a different way of thinking, right? That's, that's, that's true empowerment of your people. Um, I, I, I maybe I'm making a reach that I shouldn't make, but I think that we have a chance to be little versions of that in our workplaces. If we, if we, uh, allow governance that way and allow our people to be educated, frankly, um, mm -hmm. growing them, which is what you and I know keeps causing turnover is that people aren't getting a chance to grow. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if you have people who believe what you believe yeah. and you give them the, the space to be creative and bring their whole selves to whatever the work is, yeah. they will astound you with the results. Yeah. Yeah. Better than what you'd come up with on your own. Oh, oh, definitely. And we see, we still see hints of that. Uh, you know, you'll see a, you'll see a, a natural disaster down in, in the Gulf. And what do they call it? The Cajun Navy shows up. Right. Just, just <laughs> every good old boy with an outboard motor and a John boat. Yeah. He's there before the government ever shows up. Yeah. And they're rescuing people and doing the right thing because that's just what you do right we, yep. we we have that we share these values we share these beliefs and uh, yeah i can stand around and go well when, when's government going to get here uh, but no they trailer their boats they get in the water at, at at their own personal expense at their own personal risk that's and, right and and go help their fellow man yep and you're like that's that's what made this work that's what made oh, that's it great. right that's exactly right well i i uh i'm absolutely fired up and and uh, ready to go do something patriotic for the rest of my day. Um, and and I, I really do think that uh, you would you would do well to to get our podcast done with and then immediately click over into an audio recording or, you know, pull it up on the Web, whatever you need to do. But read the Declaration of Independence. It's, you know, some of the words are a little antiquated to to how we write today, um, but they're beautiful. I would encourage you to read it out loud if you're like me and sometimes you struggle with, you know, reading the printed word, just read it out loud and makes it a little easier on yourself. But do yourself a favor and study the Declaration of Independence today and think about uh, how blessed we are to uh, be, even today in our polarized time, 
in a country where um you know nobody uh, is going to mess with you for saying uh some of the things that uh, we say today whereas in other countries they're getting jailed for mentioning it i we could go on and on about all the the stories we know of of hardships in other places but we as of right now as of today uh we are allowed to pursue happiness and i think we ought to do it most definitely as Adam said, there should be pump, parade, shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations. Woohoo! Uh, I'm for all those things. <laughs> right. So let's get out there and uh, make it uh, a great Fourth of July and happy Independence Day. And there you have it. Another session of contemporaneous extemporizing from Mark and Mike. I know it's redundant, but consider who we're talking about. As always, feel free to share the ideas you heard here. No right to reserve, no permissions needed. Thanks. See you next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.